Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Mass Time Podcast, episode five. Interesting weekend uh, this past weekend at Talladega. Some new uh, NASCAR Camping World Truck Series and Xfinity Series schedule uh, news. And uh, this weekend we have the Roval coming up. I am joined by only uh, Colin Ward today. Uh, I don't know what Kenny's deal is. Did not pick up the phone at all. Uh, he might be sleeping because we always usually record these around 10 at night. Um, and he's usually a late uh, sleeper. He he stays up all night. So I don't know what he's doing. Um, he If he uh, ends up uh, showing up, it's going to be very late probably, maybe even soon. Who knows when. So I told him he could uh, give me a call if he wants to. But uh, I'm here alongside my co-host, Colin Ward. Colin, how are we doing today, fella? Phenomenal. How are you today? We're doing good. Just got out of work. Uh, hyped about the Roval this weekend. Uh, still processing the very chaotic, interesting, and very weirdish weekend we just had uh, this yeah, past really. weekend at Talladega. I, uh, I don't even know what day it is. I, it feels like such a Monday because yesterday. Yeah, it feels like Monday for sure, especially since we, we ran the race finally on Monday. But, I mean... I'm going to be honest. I did not really think we were going to get the cup racing at all. Like, I feel like we would have, we would have been racing tomorrow or Thursday or maybe just canceled completely, but I can't believe we had a huge window, but that's what you get for living down South. All that weather just builds up. Same thing with Florida. You never know when those pop-up showers are going to happen, especially now that's kind of like right at the tail end of hurricane season down there. So, you know, it's the weather is just so unpredictable. You could, you could guess the weather, two days prior and next thing you know it's just like you never know so yeah I, I feel like that's a real problem with Talladega and I feel so bad because when we recorded the podcast last week I actually I don't know if you remember I checked the weather for Talladega I don't know why we were on the subject of weather I think I mentioned that we had like a really long stretch where we had a, like no races delayed or postponed due to weather and I checked the weather, and I was like, oh, the weather's perfect all weekend. And I absolutely jinxed it for Sunday. So Yeah, you jinxed that. us, bro. Like, I come really on, did. dog. So I'm not even going to check. The, well, actually, I would actually rather it rain this week and other roll. I'm going to check it right now. I would like it to rain, but I don't want it to rain as much as it did at Coda. I don't want a torrential downpour like like this year and like the Roble was for the Xfinity Series last year. I just want some rain to where it's nice and, like, it's – it's a nice little like indie car rain race. That's what I want. I don't want no torrential downpour where we have all these, you know, these just standing water puddles just sitting on the racetrack and the cars hydroplaning like they did last year in the barriers. And especially at, you know, obviously Coda this year, which is a race where a lot of people say it was good. A lot of people said it was atrocious and embarrassment to the sport, considering the fact that it was the first time that we ran. Let's face it. Even though last year's Roval race was considered the first time the rain tires been used in the Cup Series, it was used in damp conditions, and it was not even raining. But this year, we really got our first taste of what the rain tires can do and what the Cup cars can do in uh, a raining scenario. And, uh, I mean, hopefully, I mean, I'd like to see a rain race this weekend, but I just really don't want it to be an embarrassment. Um, a lot of drivers don't like the rain. I think it's because of Coda now, but also because I just think that a lot of drivers don't know how to drive in the rain, other than like AJ Allmendinger and like Chase Elliott. But 
You know, we'll, we'll have uh, to find right out. Now, sorry, as of right now, Saturday looks like it's going to rain. Sunday looks pretty good, but we're also five days out. Yeah, that is true. I mean, rain, I mean, weather can always change, but, you know, that's more up north. I can kind of believe that weather compared to this past weekend in Talladega, but like, let's say, like, Daytona or something like that, maybe even Atlanta. But, I mean, hopefully, you know, and, uh, uh, yeah, I got I got a wedding to go to this weekend, actually. So if we do record the podcast next week, I'm going to be recording from Florida. That's even if I get the chance to record it. But if we can't, we'll just have to wait another – we'll have to wait off a week. And our listeners and stuff will have to view uh, – or not view, but listen to the podcast uh, two weeks from now because uh, it's just I, I don't know how I'm going to end up recording it. Uh, I might ask Kenny to record it and send the files over to my cousin. I'll just edit everything from there. But we'll find out. Shouldn't be a problem, but it's just a matter of am I going to have the time on the Tuesday next week when I'm in Florida. But uh, I'm also going to be going down this weekend to uh, North Carolina. Um and I'm trying – it's just me and my mother. I'm, I'm trying to convince um, – I'm trying to convince my mother to go to the Roval race. Because, and she – see, she's so old school, and she doesn't really follow the sport. She just knows when I tell her stuff. But, like, she had no idea what the hell the Roval was. She was like, what the hell is the Roval? Is that a NASCAR race? I go, yeah, Mom. Like, they've been running the Charlotte Road Course since, like, 2018. Like – the fall, I'm like, there's a Coke 600 that's run on Memorial Day weekend that you know of. I'm like, and now they run at Charlotte again in the fall, but it's not the oval like it used to be. It's the road course. And she's like, that race is this weekend? I was like, yeah, because my mom wants to try to take me to the shops because the last time I was in Charlotte was 2014. And I went to the, um, the Hall of Fame with her and my sister on the way back up home, from, uh, back up to Jersey. And obviously, I'm young. Uh, I, I didn't know as much as I do now. Um, as, as big of a fan as I was then as I am now, um, I have a better understanding for the sport. I'm older. You know, I haven't been there since I was 12. I'd really like to go back there um, if I can't go to the race. But, but I also told her that you got to understand that COVID's still a thing. And, you know, all these race shops are still closed. The only ones that I know of from what I've seen are uh, Junior Motorsports is open. Is open um, and I think Kyle Busch Motorsports. Um, we're supposed to head down on Saturday morning at like 4 a.m. and get our plans to get to Charlotte by the afternoon. But like by the time we do that, it's like all the race shops are going to be closing. So it's like, what's the point? So I'm going to try to convince the best I can to just buy late tickets to go to the Roval. Ugh, excuse me. So it just makes more sense. I, I told her, I was like, it just doesn't really make sense. So hopefully I'll be able to go to the Roval this weekend. It'll be really cool. because I really wanted to go to Charlotte. So. So wait, let me get this straight. You're going to be in Charlotte on Saturday, and then what are you doing Sunday? What's I, your as I, that's the thing. I don't know how many days we're staying in Charlotte. I don't know. Like, like I never get told anything by my mother. No matter how many times she goes, like, what do you want to know? There's nothing to know. I'm like, yes, there is. Like, I don't know when we're supposed to be heading down to Florida. Like, I know we're only staying there for a day or a few days. Like, I, like when is the sure. wedding? It's, it's next weekend, but we're supposed to be staying because I'm part of the wedding. And plus, we're there to visit family. So, uh, but um, I, I, I don't know. I'm just going to try to tell her, like, why can't we just leave Monday? Like, we'll head down to Florida on Monday. Um, and, I mean, it just makes sense. Hell, even if we went to the Xfinity race it, on yeah, Saturday, right. that would be I cool mean. to go to. 
probably be pretty cheap. I'm I mean, sure but, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but you know, like even like just the cup race, it just makes sense. Like I wouldn't care if we went through Twitter race, just like going to the cup race in general. Like that would be awesome. My mom hasn't been I mean, to a race yeah. since 2017, regardless. You if know, I so. was in the town and I had a free day and there was a cup race happening right down the road, like hell yeah, hell yeah, yeah. there. See, it's just I think what her problem is is that it's just it's more money because we're gonna have to stay in a hotel down there, and that is the plan. Um, but I, I just don't know. And I never get a chance to talk to my mother because I work all day. By the time I'm at work, she's already coming home and she's gone in the morning. So I never get to see her. So like, I only get to talk to her on Mondays when she comes home from work because I'm usually off Mondays and I get to see her Saturday nights and full day on Sunday, but half the time she goes out. So I'm trying to, trying to, trying to talk to her. I'm trying to convince her because I found good seats right out of the, uh, right out of turn. Uh, you know, when they're getting back on the track, heading for NASCAR turn one. I found seats right there on that game time app. I found a pair of two tickets for 66 bucks each. And I, I know, right? Like, I really want to get them because the the cheapest ones that I could find were in turn four where you it's like nothing. And I'm like, I don't want to sit in turn four. Like, yeah, you know, they're 50 bucks, but I, I want to sit in a good, I mean, for like $16 more, I can I can go sit at a really good part of the track. And I what can see road? the whole infield. I don't know. It's low, but you can still see the whole track. Pretty, you could still see the whole infield pretty much, and you could see all turn one through the front stretch and that first chicane coming to the checkered. You could see all of that. Is there a TV that near there? Huh? Is there a wait? No, they only have the one big screen, don't they? Yeah, but regardless, I don't even care if there's a big screen, just like in general. I mean, a big screen would be nice. Like I said, you could see the whole infield practically, you could see turn one through the chicanes and stuff. I, I really want to go, so we'll see. Um, We'll have to find out, and I'll definitely let you know. And I can't wait to uh, head down there because, like I said, plan is to, uh, you know, go down there and visit the race shops. But I don't know what's going to happen because, like I said, the race shops are mainly all closed due to COVID. So it's like yeah. there's no point of even going down there. And, and, and if the, we went down there, the only thing I'd really want to do is the Hall of Fame. And I'd want to go yeah. to Kannapolis to see the Earnhardt statue. That's really it. But – We'll, but like we'll I would rather go to the Xfinity race than at least that exactly. day. Exactly, that's what I would. Yeah. yeah, but see, like I don't even know what time we would arrive in Charlotte. We, hell, we might even arrive in Charlotte and get everything unpacked at a hotel or whatever. You know, like, the, like the <laughs> when the Xfinity race is starting. So it's like I, I don't, I don't know. But yeah, I'll have to find. I have to play it by ear. Like I said, I'm really shooting to go to the Cup race this weekend. Um, I'm gonna try to, especially with the deal I found, but. We'll, we'll find out and see, but we have a whole topic discussion tonight um, or today for anybody listening at whatever time. Uh, Talladega race weekend, obviously, just passed. Um, finally, probably, Colin, if not, I'd say one of the – I wouldn't say one of the most awesome. It wasn't really that awesome considering all the drama we had and all the weather, but it was in darkness and just – just shenanigans that just shouldn't happen, but they do because it's how NASCAR is. And I would say, what would you say? What would you call it? I, 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 most it, I unpredictable think, weekend we've had in a while. Y- yeah. I would say probably the weirdest weekend we've had in a very, very, very long time, at least as far back as I can remember. Yeah. You know, I mean, that was the first time that we've had three first time winners in one weekend at the same track. Yeah. I, I, can't remember a time where we had three first-time winners. We had three first-time winners just a couple of years ago. Uh, the the 
weekend that Kyle Larson got his first cup win. I think Brett Moffitt won and Michael McDowell won, I want to say. You're but talking it, about the Michigan weekend, right? What happened? You're talking about the Michigan weekend, right? I believe so, yeah. yeah they were all tracks, though. I don't know. I I, I want to say you're right, but I feel like you're wrong. I, I don't know. I know the McDowell part. I get that. And I know that Brett Moffitt did win. I don't know if that was 2017. I think. Or, or yeah, I don't know what year it was, but it was, it was the year that Larson got his first win. I don't know. We, you might be right, but winners. it's so far back. I don't remember. Yeah, but this was the first time it all happened at one racetrack, which is oh, crazy. Yeah. It's long to happen at Talladega. Yeah, it, it's crazy for sure. And uh, as I take my sip of my blue raspberry body armor, so good. Um. So we had three winners, obviously. We had Tate Fogelman winning the truck race in an eventful last lap. Um, we had Brandon Brown winning due to darkness, but also being there at the right place at the right time. And then Bubba Wallace winning due to weather. Um, it rained shortened race, but he was there at the right place, right time. We're going to break it all down, try the best we can. Um, first off, going to start off with uh, a little, little fact I found out earlier. A lot of people did. Um, so Tate Fogelman obviously got his first win this weekend, right? I'm pretty sure you've already heard oh. this, but for anybody who hasn't. So Tate Fogelman got his first win this weekend, right, at Talladega. Brandon Brown got his first win this weekend at Talladega. Brandon Brown is driving 68. Now, I believe at uh, there I, – I don't remember. There was also something else tied in this, but I'm just going to put it this way. Tate Fogelman's dad drove that 68. How odd is that? Wait. Tate Fogelman's dad drove that 68 car. Not like that actual 68 car, but drove the number 68. I believe it was in the Bush series or Bush Grand National, whatever it was. Um, he Tate Fogelman's dad supposedly drove the 68. And it's just weird that the 68 got its first win this weekend while Tate Fogelman got its first win this weekend, too. I just now, was that like out Tate there. Fogelman's dad like the only other driver to drive number 68 in the extreme. No, season. no, he just, he like drove he just like some schmuck yeah. who's driven he, it before. He just drove, he just drove the car. So I guess that's a strange coincidence. It is a coincidence. And um, I don't know, just very, very odd. Um, I found that out. I think like it was a I think It was a Saturday night after the Xfinity race. But so Tate Fogelman wins. Um, ends up basically turning the four truck coming through the trioval. But then again, though, it was, was kind of Jonathan Nemechek's fault. I mean, Tate, Listen, Tate crossing ph- over and everything. So. Phenomenal last lap there. I mean, absolutely crazy. Tate Fogelman put himself in position. And if he didn't do that to John Hunter Nemechek, then John Hunter was going to win yet again another race. The kids saw a win. He did what he had to do. If I was John Hunter, I'd be he wasn't. Du- I just want to clarify that that he didn't dump him. He he went below because he knew that John Hunter was coming down to block him. And what happened was, is he came down below the WL line, but was already past or, or was already not past him. I'm trying to put this into words. And he started coming back up, but John Hunter started coming down. John Hunter ultimately was coming down at a faster rate and turned himself. But and Tyler Hill finishing second, second. <laughs> I was, I that was race. low key rooting for Tyler Hill to win that one. I didn't even know Tyler Hill was in second until they crossed the line. I was, I was baffled. It, it was oh, definitely yeah. uh, a racing race. Phenomenal but, finish. I, but, 
not only that, I that is the second race in the top three divisions within the last three weeks that we've had somebody wrecking across the line, wrecking and spinning coming the line. Like 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 the winner is wrecking coming the line. I I would like to make that a uh, weekly thing. I'd like to make that a weekly thing. That just means the battle for the win is absolutely epic. Yeah, it, it was it was definitely crazy, and I mean I mean props to Tate Fogelman. They put him they put him uh, in a great position all day. Um, I think it, what is he with Young Motorsports? Yeah, 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 it's Young. Yeah, they they already got that win with um, Spencer Boyd a couple yeah. of years ago after John Sauter got nabbed for blocking Riley Hirschfeld of the WL line. Talked about that last weekend on the pod. Um, and this is now uh, two out of the last three truck races at Talladega now that Young Motorsports have gone to victory lane. So obviously they have something at the plate package that um, is enough to run up front, especially when disaster strikes for the whole field. Um, they're there to capitalize. They got good drivers that I think know how to position themselves sometimes. And I mean, props to, props to um, Tate for picking up the victory. But really what annoyed me most is that they interviewed second and and they interviewed Matt Crafton, um, and they then said, "Oh, we got to go to we got to go to college football." And Tate Fogelman didn't even get an interview. He got an interview from the people over at the racetrack, like MRN or PRN, whoever it was. And then they broadcasted it for us, but they put it on social media. I mean, like, come on, like, really? We couldn't at least like wait until the winner was like out of the care center and get to hear from him. Like, that's the that's the kid's first win. You know, I mean, like, come yeah, on. That, that's I mean, that's shame. not nearly as bad as as uh, um, Todd Gilliland's. We're not going to go into that. But if you know what I'm talking about, then you know what I'm talking about. Wasn't as bad as that. But I still think it was a little, a little fucked up. It's it's a shame that it had to happen that way. But like you said, he was in the infield care center and there are, you know, time restrictions. Yep. And, you know, what, what, I don't know what it was. It was college football that was on next. Yeah, it was some college football game they pay a pretty penny to be on that platform at a certain time. You know, all the advertisers pay the same amount of money to, to be broadcast at that time. And it's a business at the end of the day. And the people who run that business do not care about Tate Fogelman or his first win. And it's unfortunate that it comes down to that, but you know, like you said, he wasn't in the infield care center and uh, you know, they, they can't just wait around for him like that. So I, I, I agree. It, it is unfortunate. I wish we got to hear from him, like, you know, on Fox Sports 1. But uh, that's just, you know, that's the business. It's the way the cookie crumbles. You know, it sucks. Exactly. But, hey, man, he he got that win. I'm, I'm very, very happy for him. So. It was cool to see. And it was nice to see someone who wasn't, you know, a typical front runner taking, you know, taking the, the victory. That's a lot of money that Young Motorsports is going to get. And I'd like to see if they could, uh, you know improve their program i know it seems like every week i usually follow to see where that 20 truck finishes and he just never finishes well and he's usually running and he's usually like the last of the guys running and i don't know if that just is the driver's talent or if that team is seriously struggling so hopefully the nice paycheck that they get from this win will help them uh i mean they're an underfunded team they only got a couple trucks you know or two or three yeah, trucks. I mean, the, this team was competitive a couple of years ago. Like, 
not for wins, but definitely top tens. They would be in the top ten. And it just seems like they've been progressively going downhill uh, the last couple of years. So hopefully this will help them out in some way, shape, or form. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, that with two wins now, both with Talladega, you know, I mean, it's not the biggest stage, but, you know, winning at Talladega, you do really got to position yourself. Yeah, it's luck, but I feel like it's, you know, dealt with the racing God's hand and stuff like that. You know, it's just, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm just a very strong believer in that. There's a reason why everything happens, you know. Yeah, especially yeah, Talladega. It's like hitting the lottery. Um, but congrats to Tate Fogelman on his first truck win. And uh, Brandon Brown for winning uh, due to darkness. We've seen this multiple times in the past at Talladega where this is consistently an issue. Why we don't – like, okay, here's the thing. Now, congrats to Brandon Brown. I'll go into his win here in a second. But I just want to clarify. I don't understand what NASCAR was thinking when they scheduled – a truck race in the afternoon at 12 or one o'clock. It was one o'clock. And then they scheduled the Xfinity series right after at four or four 30 PM. Um, yeah. Sundown is like seven 30 there. And you know, uh, or, or at six 30 there. And they ran like three hours and it just got darker and darker. And this is consistently issue. We've seen this in the Xfinity series before in 2013 with that three wide finish. We've seen it in 2013 as well with the cup race, but David Reagan won. You know, everybody wants to call it dark Dago. Well, really, it's the thing. And you know what? I understand that they can't put lights there, just like Dover can't put lights at their track because of the airbase that's five miles away. It's it's all state regulation. It's all the way that it, you know. With how busy that is, it would cost Talladega millions and millions of dollars to put lights. Oh yeah, you know. And not only do you light the track, you've got to light the parking lot, and you've got to light everything around it. I mean, people think you just throw a couple lights up there and call it a day. It is way more than that. So yeah, unfortunately, if Talladega could have lights, they would have lights. Well, yeah, Bob Pockers said that in his uh, in his Talladega, like, should Talladega have lights? You know, um. It is what it is. It's, I mean, I, I don't really know. As much as I want Talladega to have lights and this and that, it, it's just the way the cookie crumbles, like I said before, with a lot of things. And, and Bob said that, you know, it, it's so dark out there, especially all the back roads that there are and stuff. It, it's just the way it is. And it, it would just cost them so much money. So, yeah. I, but, I think track that has the opportunity to install light should you know have lights but un- unfortunately a lot of these tracks just cannot do it and it's uh, you know it's a real shame but back to why they scheduled the double header i think it's mainly because it worked last season last season they had the pop-up double header they had to schedule a uh, i believe it was an xfinity race because of covid restrictions they couldn't get to another track so they scheduled a uh, Talladega doubleheader in the playoffs and it worked real well last year mainly because they kept it clean and the races weren't nearly as long as they were uh, this weekend uh, I think an easy fix for that is keep the doubleheader because it's awesome I mean unfortunately I watched the end of the truck race on my phone and then I uh, I just heard on Twitter that Brandon Brown had won the Xfinity race um, but the double header sounds absolutely amazing. I like the idea 
easy fix. Just schedule the truck race at uh, 12. Well, yeah, Brandon Brown wins this weekend at Talladega, like we said. Uh, Brandon held off the field right there in the final uh, few laps there. Obviously, a caution is really what caused NASCAR to really make the decision. Um, I can't remember how many laps ago there were in the race when they called it. But I know I that he was, was supposed to be a record, right? Didn't no. they roll around under caution for like a few laps? I didn't I get to watch like the race. So I'm not... They wrecked with 12 to go. That much. Oh, I know. yeah. Well, then that's why. If they and I heard that they rode around under caution for a long time. Yeah, they did. Honestly, they probably could have gotten a clean back up. They could have went back racing. They would have had like seven to go. And, and you know, it is what it is. But, you know, and obviously afterwards, Brandon wins. He does, his, you know, his great burnout, sweet, you know, victory celebration. But obviously it all got ruined due to, you know, you know what? I'm not going to talk about it, but, you know. It Let's is go, Brandon. Yeah, let's go, Brandon. We all know that's what they were saying. Uh, I'm not. I'm not going to get into the politics part. You know, it's. I just don't like how it's going in a political, you know, view. It's like this is a kid's first win, and it's being overshadowed by this. Similar to, you know, how I, I guess you could say. I don't even know. Just Bubba Wallace is just yeah, being I mean, overshadowed by everything that's happened in his past. Yeah, listen, I. Uh... I'm, I'm going to be dead honest. I'm, I'm a fan of the chant. I think it's funny. I think it's funny that it pops up at sporting events. It, it's, you know, it's a fine thing. But there's a time and a place. I mean, I, I agree. I feel absolutely terrible that he hopped out of the car celebrating his first win and the people in the stands were just oblivious enough to start chanting that. I mean, I don't, I don't know. It was almost like nobody cared that he won. You know, it was almost like they were they were more focused on their their own agenda and their politics. And like you said, it just like just took over just their, their life and it ruined the, the experience. And another thing, I, like I said, I don't want to get into the politics, but I just want to make this point. Uh, I who who was the reporter down on, on Pitland Island? Kelly Stavis. Everyone, a lot of people are giving her backlash, saying that she's fake news. Yada, she's yada, doing yada. her job. It's a national listen, broadcasted race. I mean, come listen, on, she people. legitimately, she legitimately thought that they were chanting "Let's go, Brennan." She would never had even acknowledged the crowd if she didn't think that. And you can hear in her voice, she goes, "You can hear the crowd," and she 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 starts to understand what they're saying, and she's like. Let's go, Brendan. Like, she already acknowledged the crowd. She had to complete her sentence, and she just went with it. You can tell she made a mistake. So don't go calling her fake news. Yeah, I've or... been seeing that a lot, especially around a lot of Republican accounts. And it just makes the people who were chanting that feel like you they know what's so funny. Okay. I am I am in the middle with every political party, but I'm going to say this, and I'm going to leave it at this, and we're not going to talk about it, but I just want to point this out. The same people who were saying that NASCAR doesn't need to be political and that Bubba Wallace doesn't need to bring all these new politics into the sport are the same people 
who are saying that Kelly Stavis is, quote, fake news and, quote, fake media and are the people chanting what they were chanting and the people who are making that more important than the kids win. Just going to put that out there. Anyways, Bubba Wallace makes NASCAR history. Bubba Wallace is now the second and only second African-American driver to win a NASCAR Cup Series race. How about that? Only took them since what? I think it was, was it 1963? I know it was at the Jacksonville Fairgrounds. Wendell Scott wins the race, and NASCAR invents a scoring, a quote, you know, what's not real, quote, scoring error, and gives the win to second place. And the reason why they did that is because NASCAR knew that NASCAR did not want their sport being viewed as the sport that let a black man win when back then, especially down the deep, in the deep South, AKA Jacksonville, um, they didn't want African-Americans around. They didn't want colored people. And they took the win away from, from Wendell Scott and the second place guy got to kiss the trophy girl and take home the trophy and take home the money, I believe. And, uh, NASCAR after the race, after all the crowd had poured out, you know, cause NASCAR knew that if they did that or, or didn't do that and they knew that if they didn't, uh, or sorry, if they let Wendell Scott be shown as the correct winner, then all hell would have broke loose. And, um, you know, it, Wendell Scott probably would have either a been shot, tried to be killed, whatever. And NASCAR would have went down down there and they would have been known as the sport that let the black man win but he proved him wrong Wendell Scott worked his ass off and this is the thing that sucks the most about that story and I know I keep talking about it right now but they after the race after all the crowd had poured out secretly it was either a couple days or maybe actually right after the race they went up to him and said hey here you go gave him a smaller check and get this a smaller trophy that's terrible. That's fucking awful. So, anyways, at least now, Bubba Wallace is the first. If you really want to consider it, Bubba Wallace is the first African American driver to win a NASCAR race properly. Not saying that Wendell Scott didn't, but it was altered. Bubba Wallace is the first African American NASCAR driver to win a race legitimate without any issues or consequences. And boy, oh boy, did he really wheel that thing to the front. And it's not like Bubba Wallace like didn't deserve it, too. All these drivers knew that the rain was coming, and they had to hurry. And Bubba Wallace, man, he got after it. He really got after sure it. And that's really cool that he did. And I'm so happy for him and the emotion. Like, I want, obviously, we all want Bubba to win when it's green flag. I want to see him get out of the car. I want to see him do a burnout. I want to see him cry his eyes out like he always does. You know, because I get that. I feel Bubba. I like Bubba, you know. Most people do, you know. And and I stick behind him on what he does. And I think that he's really good. You know, whether whether your political views are different or not, Bubba Wallace has really changed the sport. And he's really good for the sport because look at all the people he's brought in. He brought in Michael Jordan. He, I mean, Michael Jordan was already brought in, but he really, he was like, hey, MJ and Denny were like, let's put a team together. And they did. And they got Bubba Wallace. You know, 
and I mean, he's brought in Beats headphones. He's brought in DoorDash. He, he brought McDonald's back to a major sponsorship. He brought back Dr. Pepper. He's got DraftKings on the car. Columbia. Um, what else? Uh, I think Root Insurance. Yeah, Root Insurance. He's got DraftKings. Yeah, he's he's he got brought, so many Logitech. I mean, come on, folks. This man. I mean, he's. NASCAR is literally the primary sport now, it looks like, from all – I mean, then again, I'm a NASCAR fan. You're going to see this. But, you know, it, it, Bubba Wallace and just DoorDash in general with NASCAR, it looks like they are on a successful market. I mean, DoorDash posts about it. McDonald's literally, as of today or yesterday, made their account a Bubba a Wallace, Wallace stand page. McDonald's kept their username amazing. and made their 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 uh no name as a Bubba Wallace stand page. It made their back their foreground on their Twitter page, but up ba ba ba, not but up ba ba ba, but up ba ba ba, or ba 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 ba. That was so cool to see a multi million, I think billion dollar company with millions of followers on Twitter have that that's huge for the sport that's great oh, yeah. and i the second oh, yeah. i got in the car this morning to bring my girlfriend home I, the radios comes on i'm about to plug in my bluetooth but i hear them start talking about how the jets won over the weekend and that bubba wallace becomes the second african-american driver i was like let's fucking go like that's great people need to hear about this this is so great yeah. this it's so good it's such good publicity you know I love it, and it makes was, this, it makes this game. And we were number two on trending on Sunday, obviously, other than social media being down. But you know, I mean, we were number two. Imagine if social media wasn't down, we were, would have been number yeah. one. Yeah, for for sure. I was in uh, in class this morning, and I was talking about the race with my uh, with my buddy Frank, who I shouted out before, who listens to our podcast. So hi, Frank. And there were people who don't even watch NASCAR who were like chiming into the conversation talking about how Bubba won yesterday. So it was it was really cool. Like the the world knows who Bubba Wallace is. So it's just it's it's great to see him succeed. It's even greater to see the twenty three eleven team succeed because I think they're going to be. A, a I think they're really going to be a better team next year. Future, yeah, especially with Kurt Busch hopping on. Bubba Wallace has a year to develop and already win under his under his belt in the cup series. I think they're both going to be playoff contenders next season. I think the 2311 team has gotten their momentum now. Now the team knows how to win what it feels like and they want more. Um, so yeah, it, it's cool to see the team succeed. It's cool to see Bubba finally get that first win. Um, but yeah, I mean, like him or hate him, Bubba is important for our sport. He, uh, he brings, he, he brings diversity and not even just the color of his skin. Uh, in in diversity. If like you want he, my opinion, I think that Bubba Wallace is the most important driver, or maybe even person in our sport right now. He certainly is one of them. I I, I would think, say he is know, the, and his personality and the fact that he's not afraid to stand up for what he believes in. Guys like Bubba Wallace, guys like you know, like like Kyle Busch. We got the bad boy. Uh, like Noah Gregson's the frat boy of NASCAR. Like guys like this are very important. We got to keep them around for as long as possible. It makes it, and that's what I meant by like he makes the sport my, more diverse and not even just by the color of his skin. Just because, I mean, I, I'm how, how do I make this not political? But like we have a left leaning NASCAR driver, and that's like 
so beyond what the stereotype is. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I, I, yeah, I completely agree. We'll, we'll like him or hate him for that one reason, one reason only. Um, but, you know, once you put on that helmet, nothing really matters. You, you know, he, he comes out of the car and, you, you, like, the, the video of him on the pit box oh, when he I realized that he won that race gave me such chills and such goosebumps. I just want to say me- fuck NASCAR, though, for not letting him walk to his car. Did you see that? I don't know if you caught that, but they, he was walking to his car and yeah, I told him I, to not walk to his car because of the thunder. But it was like, it's like five, six miles out. I think he wanted to do a burnout. I think so too. It sucks that they didn't do let a burnout, him. Which he, he definitely deserved it. But hell, the, the guy put himself in position. He took the lead. He knew what the circumstances were. And then it started to rain. So, hey, I mean. Well, Last week, we both called it in fantasy. We said to look out for Bubba Wallace, and he sure was one to look out for there at the end when the rain was coming. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, he was. Yeah, and it was definitely awesome. So that's our Talladega race recap for the weekend. Congratulations again to Tate Fogelman, Brandon Brown, and Bubba Wallace, obviously. Uh, three talented drivers who really work their asses off. Um, and, I mean, I didn't even really know who Tate Fogelman was until this weekend. Brandon Brown, I've known him Me either. And Bubba Wallace, we've known, obviously, he's been the hot talk the last couple of years now, especially now with this new team. And they just went out and won. They beat everybody due to rain, but they were there when it mattered. Our, our conversation about um, Brandon Brown, I felt was, was overshadowed by, you know, the, the crowd's interaction at the end of the race. I just wanted to give a quick shout out. My buddy Steve uh, is a tire expert on that 68 car. I went to high school with him. Uh, and ever since he was little, he's wanted to work in this in this field uh, as a driver, or as a pit crew member. And I literally got to see one of my my good friend's dreams become reality before my very eyes and before his very eyes this weekend. And it was absolutely incredible. I could not be more happy or proud for this guy. Wait, uh, so wait, but how is he affiliated, though? Or does he just really like the 60s? Does he just like Brandon Brown that much? How is he affiliated with the team? Yeah. He's, he's the tire expert. Oh, really? I and gets the tires ready, yeah. And you went to school with this guy? He works for the team. Yeah, I went to high school with him. Wow, he's, I've he's, never heard this before. Yeah, he, he works on that 68 team. He's the ginger. If uh, if you go back and watch the uh, the video of when he was declared the winner, you'll you'll see him. He's on his phone. He's like fist bumping in the air. It's awesome. And like you know that obviously that team, especially last season, competitive. So they get on TV, and I'll see Steve, and I'll be like, "Hey, it's Steve," you know, etc. Dude, get but, free tickets, bro. Hang out with the guy. Oh yeah, dude. When I went to walk into Glen, he was like, "Oh man, I wish you. I knew you were here. I would have given you some pit passes." <laughs> so yeah, absolutely. He uh, when we went to Dover, I saw him actually coming out of the gate because you you remember where you saw all those cup drivers? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it was a Saturday. gate. It was either a gate ten or gate twelve. Oh yeah, I don't remember which one. But on Saturday after the Xfinity race, every single person who worked for NASCAR came out of that gate that day. And man, I see this beaming red head of hair walking towards me I'm like there he is there's my boy and I walk up to him and he was so hyped to see me I was hyped to see him 
And he invited me out that night uh, to some bar where apparently a bunch of drivers were going. And uh, I unfortunately declined because I was absolutely too tired to go. But man, Steve, dude, you're listening, I, dude what the hell is wrong? But, with you? Who cares if you were too tired? You should have went. Dude, I was. Bro, even I, if I was shot, I was over. And we had the, the hotel we booked into, then the whole race in the sun. We sat up at the very absolute top like right up against the fence in the sun. I was like dead. And then I was standing out there for two hours getting pictures with drivers. I was dead. So I don't want to go on. You're a wuss dog. I don't care. I guy like you, I would have, I would have said, hell yeah. I wouldn't have cared how tired I was. I can't tell you how many times I've been, I've gone out and I'm running off two hours, three hours of sleep. And I'm like, Oh, we're going this, we're going there. Hell yeah. Let's go out. I don't give a damn. Bro, I would have done that in a heartbeat, bro. You you have no idea. That could have been a missed opportunity right there. I mean, I, I also drank much at the race too. And yeah. I at that point I was I was sobered back up. And you you know how it is. Well, maybe you don't because you're underage. Yeah. Uh drink a lot of beer and then you sober back up. It's a depressant. It it, it makes you really tired. So, dude, I remember when he asked me, I was so conflicted. I was like, oh, man, I want to go. But, like, I just can't. I went back to the hotel and I packed out. I, like, I think I was, like, later than I wanted to be going to the cup race, too, because I passed out. But, anyway, I don't want to get on too much. Steve, I know I tell you about the podcast all the time. If you're listening, congratulations, bro. We will definitely go get a beer and I we will celebrate this properly. I mean, I am just over the moon yeah. for you man yes and steve to if watch, you're to watch your congrats. congrats you got you and the whole 68 team you guys put it out there you guys have been running so good this whole season so many chances to do well and you guys finally capitalized so proud of you guys seriously steve if you are listening congrats dude i'm glad your dream came true hopefully mine will someday too same with collins and uh congrats bro seriously and big big shout out to you guys over there at that 68 team great job to everybody we're gonna get you on the podcast steve eventually that would be cool for your side of the story i haven't actually i mean i've been texting him a little bit this week uh especially since his driver is now uh one of the more well-known drivers in the field i guess after uh happened this weekend which actually he he said it best and i agree with him this is just more exposure to the team. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of a win-win. I mean, I feel bad for Brendan, like we said before, but it's kind of a win-win. So either way, congrats, yep. Steve. And we'll get off this topic yep. now. I just wanted to throw that in there because, man, does this kid work hard? He went to the NASCAR Institute, worked his ass off, got hired for, at, at that time, a really underfunded team, you know? And, and at that point, you have potential to either make that team great or to absolutely just fail and lose your job and man i i couldn't be happier that the team's really coming around made the playoffs last season won a race this season god only knows what's gonna happen next season for that that 86 team so this is only the beginning man 68. this is only the beginning stone you're gonna find yourself on a on on a top running team soon so anyway yeah. that's it congratulations bud i pre i congrats yeah. guys seriously but now we move on to the next topic. So uh, this past week, actually literally the day after we released the pod last week. <sighs> Sorry, I see yawns again. <sighs> Pretty usual. Jason yawning once more. The 2022 NASCAR Camp World Truck Series and NASCAR Xfinity Series schedules were released over the, uh, the week. 
And boy, were there a few changes. Um, primarily <laughs> road courses. Um, so I'm going to go out. Uh, Xfinity Series is going to Portland, Oregon next year. I believe it's Portland, Oregon. Uh, they're going to Portland where the IndyCar Series has ran the last uh, few years. And I think they've ran there even longer than that, too. Um, they're going to Portland. And uh, trucks are going to Mid-Ohio, Sonoma. And get this, they are going back to Lucas Oil Raceway. Uh, I believe that's IRP. Um, they're going back there. Trucks went to Sonoma years ago. Um, they're back now. Mid-Ohio was always an Xfinity Series exclusive. Um, Luke Soil, they ran. Now they're back. Xfinity is going to a brand new road course. And also for the, um, the not-so-happy part about this, we lose two great tracks. Well, we don't really lose two great tracks. We lose like a track and a half because we lose Mid-Ohio for the Xfinity Series and there's no more Canadian Tire, period, which kind of sucks because I really like that track. It's really cool. But, uh, Colin, what is your opinion on Xfinity moving to Portland next year, buddy? Um, so I saw that they were racing at this Portland track and I actually didn't know, like... You don't know what, what would... Portland is, do you? No, you yeah. So, heard it. so what I'm getting to, I didn't know what the track was, and I kind of forgot about it, and you just mentioned it now. So I've looked it up, and it's yet again another road course. Yeah. I don't know. It... I like road courses. I think, I think NASCAR is overdoing it just a tad. I don't think they're overdoing I would... it. I just wish that they wouldn't have given up mid-Ohio for it. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean, I guess we'll have to see. I've never seen a race on this Portland track. Uh, it looks like is that's either K&N or ARCA races there. IndyCar looks like they race there. I don't really watch IndyCar uh, or K&N, if that's even televised. So this, this looks like a – It's ARCA now. Look, it's oh. ARCA now. That was the ARCA West series that ran now. K&N's no longer a thing. Just the ARCA East, ARCA West series now. But – And this is Portland – Portland, uh, Oregon. See. Portland, Oregon. Or oh wow. Oh, Oregon. Yep. Oh, okay. I like I like this now. Yeah. It, it's really cool that they're gonna get the fans some, out some there races. really like their IndyCar races. I will say that. And uh I mean now that they're gonna have NASCAR coming, it's gonna be an exclusive the Xfinity series. You're gonna get the Xfinity series some exposure, gonna get NASCAR some exposure in general. So Dude, it's gonna and be everyone in Oregon is like they're all going to be like on drugs and shit. So like they're going to. <laughs> oh yeah, because how much? How much? Oh my god, I completely forgot about it. <laughs> but yeah, so Xfinity goes to Portland. I'm excited for it. I just, I'm, I'm honestly, I would rather have Mid Ohio over Portland, but we'll have to see. Who knows how they're going to handle those big body stock cars? Um, it's flat track primarily. Yeah, I think this is so. this is all about the green right here. I think this yeah. is all about and, yeah, and I mean, cool, viewership cool to and see getting something people new, but stands. I mean, I think, I think you guarantee a sellout crowd for this one. I think so too, for sure. Um, we'll have to find out. Only time will tell. I just hate how they're going to lose Mid Ohio. Um, and like I said, trucks are going to Mid Ohio as a replacement for the Xfinity Series, so at least they're not completely losing Mid Ohio. And they're going back to Sonoma and back to Lucas Oil. Oh my gosh! If only the Xfinity Series would go back to Lucas Oil, that would be perfect. But you know, trucks is kind of your more local stuff. I understand why. Considering the fact that they went to Eldora for so many years, um, 
Uh, Sonoma, honestly, I could care less for. Sonoma's proven, as much as I like road courses, I think it's the weakest of the road courses. Um, nowadays, it's not as good as it used to be, especially since we run that yeah. inner loot. I don't like it. Uh, I don't care what anybody says. Like it it sucks. Um, no, nah, I agree with you. I, don't I like, like it. the big curb and the, and the runoff with the wall over that little bridge, I think it is. Um, once you get to the tippy top of the hill and elevate downwards and into that hard braking zone where you're, I think it's first gear. <sighs> so, so tired. I'm always tired right now. Anyways, it is late though, but yeah. So Sonoma, I'm not really too hyped about it. I mean, I mean, it'd be cool to see the trucks concerning the fact that all three divisions handle differently. Um, but Lucas oil, I'm very excited for. Uh, I think the last race we had there was either 2011 or 2012 in the Xfinity series, which was a good race. I think Brad Keselowski won it. I don't remember. That was the one that uh, Stephen Wallace. Yeah, that was the like, one where Stephen Wallace just uh, completely lost his belt and ESPN tried to cover it up that he got hit going into the corner. Even though he yeah, got that hit was coming out of turn two and not heading into turn three. Stephen Wallace, bro. Oh, my gosh. Tragedy. Man, too funny. Yeah, too, too funny. funny, but. I'm excited, Colin. What do you what do you think about Lucas Oil coming back? Though? I mean, I'm not really I'm not gonna lie. I really don't care as much for Sonoma. It's cool and all, but what do you think about the trucks going to Middle High after everything we've seen? What do you uh, how do you feel about Lucas Oil coming back on the schedule for the trucks after everybody's been begging for more short tracks and we finally got one natural short track? Um, usually I have a lot to say, um, but really where I stand with this is I like it, and <laughs> that's about it. I think. I think it's going to be cool to see. Yeah, it is going to be cool to see. I, I really am looking forward to Lucas Oil, I think, the most out of all of this news because, I mean, Lucas Oil, if anybody remembers, for any of the older fans, I mean, yeah, me and Colin are still young. We're young adults. But, you know, for all these fans who are newer, whether it be your our age and you just got into the sport a few years ago or maybe you're just younger and you didn't get to live through it, uh, put it this way, Lucas Oil was like – how do I put it this way? I don't really know many local short tracks off the top of my head. Just good old I want to say short it, track it was racing. Like, it, it's kind of like a – honestly, I don't know. IRP is kind of – because. Well, you think – can I can I make – Yeah, yeah, yeah go right ahead. It's one of those tracks. It's one of those tracks that once the checkered flag flies, it's not over. Once the checkered flag flies, you can't just switch to college football. Like – there, it, it, there's always something that's going to be happening after the race, you know, altercation, a fight, argument, because something goes down on the track. Is is this not the track that, like, there was a truck race where the leader wrecked, like, three times in a row because of aggressive moves going into one? Not that I could think of. I'm pretty sure. Are you thinking about and We're Brad talking, like, an older race, like, maybe, like, early 2000s. Are you thinking about, like, Matt – Are you thinking about, like, Matt Kraft and, like, dumping Mike Skinner in turn one? Because if that's think what you're thinking, thinking of, you're thinking – That was New Hampshire. No, we're thinking of two okay. different races. Yeah, you're thinking I, of a I'm totally not. different track, I think, buddy. No, I think we're thinking two different races here. I don't know. Either way, this is, like, good old short track racing, though. That we can agree on. It's put it this way, folks. It's a multi-groove racetrack. Um, you can it's primarily run on the bottom, but you can get the run off the top. Um, and it's just really it's just really good. It's your local, it's just your stereotypical local short track. You know, it, I, I love it. I love 
Yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> Again. Gosh. But it's going to be a really fun time. Lucas Oil is definitely one that I'm looking forward to the most. Middle Ohio for the trucks. I really hope it prevails, and I really hope it puts on as good of a show as the Xfinity Series did, because I will say, um, if we're not going to Lime Rock, I would tell you that that's the short track and road courses, but Mid-Ohio is definitely the short track and road courses when it comes to the way the corners are just and everything like that. It's going to be interesting to see the trucks. I really like the Xfinity Series racing there. Ever since we started going there, it was really, really, really good. Probably some of the best races we would see all season. Um, and now the trucks are going there. I, I want to say they put on the same show, but at the same time, I don't. Um, but who knows? You never know. I mean, you said the same thing about Canadian Tire, and we had three of the best finishes ever there, and or four, you know. But we'll have to find out and see. Hopefully, the trucks can put on as good of a show. So we'll have to come uh, and watch next year and find out. But uh, speaking of road courses, Rovals, obviously, this weekend, we started talking about it earlier on the pod. Um, Colin, what do you think about the Roval heading into this weekend? Obviously, it's the last race of the round of 12. Um, before I let you give your thoughts, I also just want to mention the playoff standings right now. So I'm going to go back from first all the way through uh, 12th right now. Denny Hamlin locked in right now with that win at Las Vegas. Kyle Larson, only 22 points to the good after that uh, wreck at Talladega this past weekend. Joe Logano plus 21. Brad Keselowski plus 20. Uh, in fourth, um, Martin Schroeder in fifth plus 20. Ryan Blaney plus 15 in the sixth spot. Chase Elliott, plus nine in the seventh spot. Kyle Busch on the bubble right above the cutoff in eighth, was just plus nine. Him and Elliott are tied for seventh and eighth, practically. And Kevin Harvick below the cutoff line at ninth, minus nine points out. Bell is in uh, tenth, 28 points out. And William Byron, Alex Bowman in 11th and 12th, both 44 and 52 points out. They are in a must-win situation. Christopher Bell practically in a must-win situation too if he does not gain a lot of stage points and has guys in front of him and the points have bad days at the roval this sunday um colin i i just by looking at this nobody's safe other than denny hamlin this weekend nobody's safe that's exactly what i was going to say i don't think i've ever seen the cutoff race like this in a very long time that i can remember i think back to 2014 when they reset the points after every uh after every elimination round and then it was so tight. I mean, this is tight. Yeah. It's, it, I think it's going to be epic. I think uh, all 12 drivers, excluding Kenny Hamlin, has a lot to race for. Nobody can just ride around and make it to the end and be safe. Um, I know there's a lot of Hendrick cars on the bubble there. Um, or I'm sorry, there, there's two Hendrick cars below the cut line who are in must-win situations. Um, I think they're going to make it really interesting if they can get up there. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it's it's going to be wild. I just had this vision this morning that hypothetically, Larson and Elliott could have issues early in the race, and Byron and Bowman could both not win, and all four Hendrick cars could be eliminated in this round. Just let that sink in for a second. 
thinking back at like the beginning slash middle of this season when Hendrick was so dominant, just look at where they are now. I mean, granted, Kyle Larson will probably make it through just fine. And Chase Elliott will most likely, I mean. Yeah, Larson's got a bit of a breathing room. So does Joey Logano, but I mean, anything's possible. Um, But Bowman and Byron being below the cut line in a must-win situation, I find quite surprising. Uh, Granted, we just had Talladega, where they both got into a little bit of trouble. Um, But regardless, these are two teams that that looked like legitimate championship contenders, especially I felt like that 48 team. Um, And the 24 has been consistent all season. Um, So having them both in must-win situations is uh, quite eye-opening, I feel. And uh, shows that maybe there's just a little bit of a, I don't know, maybe a little bit of an issue at Hendrick right now. I mean, very slight in the in those two camps, but well, you never Alex know. Bowman's Alex Bowman's been pretty good on the road courses, and so is Byron. But Bowman really has been strong at the Roval. Uh, Chase Elliott, I don't think he'll have any kind of problem this weekend. But watch me say that, you know, Kyle Larson, a little bit of breathing room over at Hendrick. Um, not really too worried about him, but I mean. We was it 22 see, points? He's plus 22, but like I said, anything's possible. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't I, I just feel I like this weekend is very unpredictable. Ball. I think we're gonna have a shocker. That's what I think. Yeah. All right. Here's all right, here's what I'm gonna ask you. Here's what I'm gonna ask you before I ask another question, and then we're gonna do fantasy. All right. First off, a simple question. Chase Elliott versus the field this weekend. Who do you got? The field. Really? I'm going to go with Chase Elliott. I'm going to have to go on the opposite side of you. The field because of that line right now. Yeah, good point, but you got to understand, man. Chase Elliott. And one driver in particular. Kyle Larson? No. Really? Christopher Christopher Bell. Why? What makes you say that? Uh, Christopher Bell is probably the second best driver on road courses this season next to Larson uh, sorry next to uh, Elliot probably was going to win at Watkins Glen if he didn't get spun out because that seemed to be the race for the win going into one there uh, finished second at what was it Road America won that Daytona race but granted that was a little shaky uh, has been there at road courses has had the speed at road courses below the cut line in a crazy situation like this, Christopher Bell is the real deal, guys. Uh, he He's taking a while to get into his shell. I would comfortably and confidently say Christopher Bell is one of the top 10 best drivers in the field, racing for one of, if not the best team in the field. He is going to probably win multiple championships in his career, many races on the road. And no better time than the present to show his talents. I think he puts that helmet on and becomes Superman this weekend and will give Chase Elliott a run for his money. Bold, bold, bold prediction, my friend. Um, I'm not saying he's he's not my pick to win the race, per se. Uh, I just don't think Chase Elliott's going to walk in with an easy win like he has in the past. We'll have to find out. I mean, Chase Ellis is so good on these road courses, but we'll have to we'll have to find out. I I I get what you're saying, and it's 
I want to say I want to say this like, race is going to be so unpredictable because of how good teams have been, how bad teams have been. It's like I I don't know. Like I really don't. Like, I, something's telling me this is going to be a straightforward, predictable race. But something in my gut is telling me this race is going to be fucking insane. Just because of that, and that's why I want to go to the Roval so bad this weekend. But I'm going to let I you. Think it's, I think it's going to be. I'm going to let you choose your four drivers. Who do you think's getting knocked out this weekend? Oh, I haven't put much thought into it. Um, I, I think Bowman and Byron are out. I don't, I don't see them winning the race. Um, I, th- I can see them being up front and contending for sure. I don't think they're going to, to seal the deal. Bowman and Byron are both out, in my opinion. Um. Hold on, let me, I'm just looking up the cut line. Hold on. I know you just told me it, but I gotta see it. Yeah, right yeah, now. Yeah. Byron are out. They they need to win. I, I don't think they will. Um although I just hyped them up, I, I'm going to say Chris Rebell's probably not my pick to win the race. I think it's gonna be close. I think he's gonna be right on that cut line with the stage points that he's gonna earn and his finishing position in the race. I'm gonna say Bell gets eliminated and This one here is a tough call, and I think this is going to surprise a lot of people, but I think Keselowski gets eliminated too. <laughs> oh, boy. I, you know what's funny? I was going to say the same thing. Really? Yeah, I think because Keselowski- Penske has fucking sucked on road courses this year, and I don't know why. Dude, I've said it every single podcast. I feel like Keselowski just does not have it this season. So if they're going to go to a track where the team lacks, he, I just do not see him having a good run. He's only 20 points to the good. I mean, we've gone into some of these races where the cutoff was 20 points to the good. Like I said, nobody's safe here. I think Keselowski is the weakest link of the guys in the top eight right now. And I, I think he gets eliminated. So you have predicted he Bowman, is the strongest Byron. Penske car right now. Oh yeah. So you predicted Bowman, Byron, Bell, and Keselowski. Yeah, I think Harvick just makes it in. All right. Well, guess what? I'm going opposite. I'm going to say every driver you said except Kevin Harvick. Kevin Harvick, he's getting the fuck out of there. And I think Christopher Bell is going to make it in. I think hey, Christopher Bell's going to be up there. That... I think Christopher Bell's going to get stage points, and I think he's going to have a better day than three guys in, in this playoff. I'll tell you what, Jason. I hope you're right. I would love to see it. I would love to see I it too. But I think Christopher clear. Bell. I think Christopher Bell making the final eight might just be one of the biggest top five, maybe top ten. Like, wow, that happened this season. Kind of moments. Don't call him an underdog, though. I Christopher is not an underdog I, here. Yeah, but you know what, though? He is, like, in a sense. Like, he is. He kind of finally started to rise above the occasion, like, a little bit around New Hampshire. And all, ever since then, they've been – ooh, excuse me. Ever since then, they've been phenomenal. But, like, they are still that underdog. You Like, like let's face it. Nobody this weekend's going into the Roval thinking Christopher Bell's a favorite. It's obviously Chase Elliott, and it's obviously Kyle Larson. 
And it's obviously another driver who I'm not going to say because I guarantee you completely forgot he's going to be in this race. So Is it AJ Allmendinger? <laughs> yeah. Allmendinger is in the race this weekend? Yeah. Wait, is he allowed to do that? Is that legal? Yes, he's in the race this weekend. I think it's legal on the last lap. He's not that, yeah. You know who oh, isn't no, in the race that surprises no me? Oh, yeah, I was going to say, Austin no Cindric's not in the race this weekend. So that brings me on to fantasy. Who the live. fuck is Joey Hand? Jo- the what is the Joey fuck? Hand? He's driving the 52 car this weekend. No idea. Joey never, Hand. Never heard of that name. All I know is that... <laughs> All I know is that, oh my God, who is it? Oh, yeah, no, I have no idea. Probably a road course driver. I know Scott Heckard's back in the 78 this weekend. Damn, no Ty Dillon in the 96. This is the race last year where he was Lewis Hamilton. Yeah, he really was. He was insane. That was That was so cool. All right, well, anyway, moving on. Let's do our fantasy picks. All righty. Well, Colin, it's fantasy live time. I know you like fantasy. So let's start. Who are your five drivers to look out for this weekend, and who is your garage pick? Well, guys, first of all, before I get into this, I hope you took my advice this week because I personally won fantasy this week yesterday at Talladega. I finished first in my league of lots of people i won so i hope you listened to me and i hope you won too or at least finish pretty high and get yourself some good points because hey at the track that's the most unpredictable i seem to have predict predicted it all so <laughs> i did uh i did pretty well there moving on to the roval though let's get it out of the way chase elliott is an obvious pick for this uh for this weekend at roval I think another really easy pick is Martin Truex Jr. Uh, pretty good at the Roval. Almost won the inaugural race. If it wasn't for Jimmy Johnson spinning into him and then allowing Blaney to win. Um, we talked about him before. Christopher Bell should be pretty strong this weekend at the Roval. Um, you know, has a lot of adversity. He's got to uh, got to fight to get up there in the, uh, in the playoffs. So very good at the road course of the season. He should be up there. Joey Logano is a sneaky pick, I feel like. Um, he finished second at the Roval last season. You're right. Penske has been lacking just a bit at the road courses. Uh, but then again, I feel like at, at the playoffs, they're going to bring their best pieces. And I think this is going to be one of those hectic races that Joey Logano could probably make it through and get at least a top 10. He's got to make it to the end to, uh, to get points to advance anyway. I don't know. I think Joey Logano is a sneaky pick. I'm going to throw him in there. Um, and then my last pick, I'm going to put all my marbles on the table here. And maybe I'll switch this one to AJ Allmendinger now that I know he's in the race. But for now, it's William Byron right in that must-win situation. Been very solid on the road courses this season. Um, this is his last chance. This season's on the line. Hell, he could go up there and he can mix it up. I don't foresee him getting the win, but I could definitely see him getting a top three finish in this race. So William Byron is my last pick there. And the garage pick. And it seems like when I put this guy in my garage, he does not do well. It's like a curse, but I just have such a good feeling this weekend that he's going to get a good run. 
maybe even the win. I'm going to go Kyle Busch. He's on the bubble. This is Kyle Busch we're talking about. So we know he's going to be up there at some points. I just, uh, we, we all know I'm a Kyle Busch fan. I feel like yesterday we were really cheated out of a good finish. Um, and that is why we're on the bubble. Should basically probably be in the top four right now at way more points. But unforeseen circumstances have us right on that bubble. And I just feel like he's going to go to the role with a really good piece. He's, uh, he's been good there before. Uh, let's not forget that it was a bad pick call last season, but he about won that race and then ended up having to pit. And man, I don't know. I think, I think Kyle can, can get it done this weekend. So if I need him, I'm putting him in there. I don't know about that William Byron pick though. I think I'm going to change that to uh, AJ Allmendinger. So let me recap here. We got Chase Elliott, Martin Truex Jr., Christopher Bell, Joey Logano, William Byron, and in the garage, we have Kyle Busch. All righty. Interesting lineup. I just, wanted to, kind of I just wanted to put out there real quick. I'm sorry to cut you off. I do not have Kyle Larson in this lineup. I would suggest putting him in if you have the, if you have the picks. Guess um, what? I don't have enough picks right now to put Kyle Larson in my lineup for, for this weekend. I'm saving him for so. some races. Uh, for the remainder of the season, yeah. so I don't have him either. I'm yes, gonna, I am. I'm going to say that, so I don't have him either. Uh, I just think he could be way better at three other tracks that I have him for usages left. Um, Correct. So, all right, I'm going to go with my stars in my garage. Picks. So, starter number one, obviously, you know, fan favorite, Chase Elliott. I mean, come on, I don't have to explain myself. Uh, Alex Bowman, number two, uh, very strong recently at the road course. This has been all right. Um he shows up here and there. The Roval, he straight up almost won a couple of years ago by driving all the way up through the field and only needed one more spot to advance in the next round of the playoffs with a win. Him and Bob Wallace tangled. Um, look out for Alex Bowman. Something tells me that he'll be on the money. I don't think he'll get it done, but I still think he's a good, good pick to finish uh, this weekend. Uh, number three, Christopher Bell. We just hyped him up. So I'm expecting him to do well. He's been very, very strong on the road courses recently. The team is still on a roll. They've been doing great. Uh, I don't know where they finished the Talladega, but regardless, they're still on a roll, still doing good. Number four, Chase Briscoe, a man who has been so good at the road courses. His first Xfinity Series win came here at the Charlotte Roval in 2017. Um, nearly won Indianapolis, Indianapolis road course this uh, past weekend or not past weekend this past, uh, and this oh. season, my bad. I'm it's getting that. It's getting to that hour. Colin. I'm getting, I'm getting really fucking yeah. tired. Yeah. It sure is. Um, sure is. so Chase Briscoe got to look out for, um, I definitely think he'll get a top 10. I'm going to predict that now. Um, fifth pick going with Indianapolis road course winner, AJ Allmendinger. Why not? Man's got two wins at the Roval. He won on the rain last year, won on the, uh, in the drive the year beforehand, proves that he can win either or. So regardless of what kind of weather it is this weekend, man can do it. Uh, my garage pick. Um, everybody's been saying, when's he going to get it done? Uh, when's he going to do it? When's this, when's that? Uh, it's his last season with the team at the Benedetto. Uh, why not? He's a good road course racer. He's been all right here. Um, He's been on kind of a, a steady roll recently. Hopefully that team can get something together. Um, 
I'm kind of thinking I might have to use him in case something happens to Alex Bowman or Chase Briscoe. It's just my opinion. So uh, we'll see. Uh, so my starter is going to be Chase Elliott, Alex Bowman, Christopher Bell, Chase Briscoe, AJ Allmendinger. My garage pick is Matt Benedetto. So those are our NASCAR Fantasy Live picks. Uh, hopefully you'll use some of our advice to uh, make your picks this weekend. Hopefully use it on a uh, fantasy team or whatnot. Maybe go bet. Who knows? I mean, a lot of people certainly should, but you know, I'm telling you right now, if there's one person to say, make a strong bet on right now that could surprise. I'm telling you, Christopher Bell, me and Colin are both strong about it. I don't know. So anyways, that leads us to our final discussion of the night. Short and sweet. Colin race winner this weekend. Go. Unfortunately, we, we, we've hyped this race up so much. I think it's just going to be Chase Elliott. For like the third time on this podcast, you've chosen the guy you've chose the guy who I was going to choose to win. So I'm going with Chase Elliott, but since we've been hyping him up, I'm choosing fucking Christopher Bell. I don't see why not. Uh, he's been absolutely <laughs> fucking phenomenal with, from the summer stretch to now. Uh, he's good on the road courses. Uh, nearly won here a couple years ago. Um was it a, yeah well nearly one here a couple of years ago got a little bit of an issue with chase briscoe uh aj allmendinger came out on top i believe that was 2019 <laughs> but i mean he's just a good pick man so Colin's gonna go with chase Elliott. i'm gonna go with christopher bell i think christopher bell's gonna give chase Elliott the field run for the money i think christopher bell might upset the field this weekend and get into the next round of the playoffs so uh, it's probably going to come down to those two drivers. And I just want to put it out there for all the viewers who made it this far. Kenny Brady did text me. He fell asleep because he was not feeling too well. So uh, best wishes to Kenny to get better. Um, sure. He'll listen. I'm going to call him after I'm done. See if he's all right. Uh, told me he wasn't feeling too well. So uh, he'll definitely be back on next week. Most likely, obviously uh, he is part of the show after all. Now he is one of the co-hosts, me, Colin and him. So we wish the best for him. Glad that he's back up. <laughs> so I'll give him a call after we're done here in a second. So uh, Colin, any final closing thoughts before we end the show here? Uh, slightly off topic, hot take. I just thought about this and then get a chance to, uh, to say it. Uh, Christopher Bell and Ty Gibbs are the future of Joe Gibbs racing. That's my, that's my final thought. Agreed. Absolutely agree. I think that Kyle Busch is going I think to be they there both get multiple time. championships. I think Kyle Busch will be the Jimmy Johnson over at uh, Joe Gibbs later on in the future. Correct. I think Kyle's got another I don't know. Is it is it bad to say another 10 years? No, nah, cuz I think you're right. I think that's a, a reasonable time frame in that 18 car. I think Hamlin probably uh, in in the next couple of years will drive for his own team opening the door for uh, Gibbs. And then I think Truex is on his way out relatively soon. I don't think Truex is on his way out. I don't know, though. They got such a stacked team. I don't see them really let go. Uh, he's he's getting old. Them. I he's mean, Ty old, Gibbs is right? going Xfinity Series racing next year, most likely, right? I mean, I don't think I it's going to announce. I mean, there. relatively soon by, like, the next three years. All right. Well, that's understandable. So, hot take by Colin. But I agree. So you know it's you know it's getting to that time of the show right now where Jason starts yawning a bunch. So uh-huh. 
that time, hopefully we, I go to the Roval this weekend. If not, try to do what I can in Charlotte. So I'll let you know for sure, dude. Yeah, man, let me know because I really am rooting for you to go to this race. Yeah, man, I really want to go. I really, really do because I really don't want to go to Charlotte and be in Charlotte when there's a fucking race going on. It just makes no sense. So That would be see. so depressing. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'd be really upset. But we'll see. We'll find out. Everybody, thank you so much for listening to episode five of the Nast Time podcast here with myself, along with my co-host, Colin Ward, and Kenny Brady, who is unfortunately absent due to him he was here in spirit. not feeling. Yes, he was here in spirit for sure. Uh, him not feeling well, falling asleep, now just waking up and texting me. So I'm going to give him a call. He's all right, everybody. Um, we love Kenny. He's awesome, dude. Uh, he'll be back on next week. Um, we're going to figure out how this pod's going to work next week. I mean, it's not really anything for you guys to be concerned about but for us in general, but it should work out. We should definitely have we'll an episode out, out by next week. If not, unfortunately, um, we will definitely, if you don't see an episode by Wednesday morning of next week, then you'll definitely see one uh, that next, next Wednesday. So looking forward to it. Hopefully we'll get to record. Hopefully I go to the moment this weekend. We will find out Colin. It's been a pleasure. I appreciate it for coming uh, with you coming on here again, Kenny absent. We miss him. He'll be back on. Glad he's all right. Um, thanks everybody for listening to the NAS time podcast episode five. We hope you enjoyed. I uh, want to thank uh, Spotify, obviously for letting us release our podcast, obviously and giving us the opportunity to talk about what we love and enjoy. So Colin, it's going to be chaotic weekend. My friend, I'm ready. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm excited. Yes, I am excited. Nobody is safe going into the rural. Absolutely Except not. <laughs> Everybody, thank you very much. Thank you so much for listening to the Nast Time Podcast, Episode 5. We will yes, see you, you in the next episode.